Well, we're going to get right into the message today. And I do love you and do appreciate you, and I believe that greater things are in store for us. Can you say greater things? What I want to talk about today is what I'm, I deal with mostly is walking into the presence and the power of God and, and accessing that part of God that moves things, changes things. And I thought this morning very early when I got up, I want everyone seated here and everyone that hears me from now till Jesus takes me to understand the power to get to the impossible. I want you to have the power to get to the impossible. If you were standing on a high mountain, and there's some beautiful mountains in, around in the United States of America, trust me, I've stood on them. And you look out and there's another ridge across the way, but there's a great precipice between you and the other ridge. And you might say, the way is impossible. I can't get from here to there because of the precipice. But that's limited sight. That's limited reasoning. That's putting yourself in a place where you see you have no hope because you're stuck here. There's something that you can do to change that, and mankind has done, to get from this ridge to the next. And it's called you have to build a bridge. That which was impossible now is no longer impossible. You can walk across it. You can drive across it. It's like going across the Golden Gate Bridge. Before it was there, you had to take a boat or whatever, and it was treacherous. But now you can just drive across or walk across or run across, whatever you want to do. And it gets you from one side to the other. So it is with God. You stand in a place in life where you think things are impossible. You look across and the precipice is here. You don't know how you're going to get there. But God can make a way and help you build a bridge to get to the other side. How many of you want to build that bridge? Well, let me tell you about that bridge. That bridge is called faith. Faith is that bridge that will put you from one side to the other. So when people say they're in the Word, that doesn't impress me. What impresses me, are you in the Word or are you of the Word? Big difference to me. Faith has to become a part of you. You cannot live it out without it becoming a part of you. It's when you speak then, you speak, Ronnie, you speak faith. You see faith. You don't see things as impossible. You see things as, as, okay, there may be a little setback, but because of my belief structure and system, I believe I can get from this side to the other. Let me say this. God wants somebody here today to get from one side to the other. The side you've been on hasn't gotten you, hasn't gotten you much. And gotten you a, a great distance. But God's wanting to help you to build that bridge by faith so you can step from one, press, from one, le- at one cliff edge to the next. You see, faith and being of the word builds a bridge into the impossible realm. I want to walk in the impossible realm. Where people say, I can't believe that that could happen. I just can't believe it. But trust me, I believe in the days ahead of us, we're going to see things that we never thought possible. But God is starting to open the door, starting to open our eyes, open up our reasoning, our ability to think. There's a lot of smart people sitting here today, and all you have to do is start to access the Word in you. You're not in the Word, you're of the Word, and if you're of the Word, then you're going to change things. And you're going to help change other people, amen? 
And let me say this. You can receive a level of faith by reading the Word of God. Just by reading it. You can receive a level of faith by listening to me preach the Word. But where you really garner strength is when you take that which you've read and that which you've heard and you start speaking it yourself. You speak it, you rehearse it, you, you start to hear those words coming back from your own mouth. And as you say it, you, your belief system and your faith starts to build because you believe you more than anybody else. Right or wrong? So in other words, if I stand here and tell you, you know, I'm stupid. Now all you say is I'm stupid. I'm stupid. You start believing that. You start believing I'll never make it. You start believing that. You don't need to say that because what you're saying, you're gonna, your spirit's going to start believing it. We'll cover that later on. But don't say things that you don't want. Her people say, I wish I'd die. I say, no, you don't. You don't wish that. You say, well, I feel it now. Yeah, but you might not feel it tomorrow. Faith will come to you much quicker if you take that which you've heard and you have read and you start to speak it. There's not a day that goes by that I don't say, I know I'm getting older, but I also know God is with me and I will be healed. I am being healed. Uh, the things that hurt me, they're real. I can't say it's not there, Courtney. It's there. If my shoulder hurts, it hurts. If my ankle hurts, it hurts. If my back hurts, it hurts. But through my statement is this. I know that God created me, and if, he, if he's created me, he can restructure that that I'm having problems with. How many of y'all need God to restructure some things for you? I want to remind you of what God said to Joshua. When he said in Joshua 1.8, he said, keep my words, he, paraphrasing, keep my words in your mouth. Now he's speaking about a man that's about to take over for Moses and move them into the promised land. And he's telling the leader how to be successful. I don't believe we listen to that today, but if you're going to be a leader you need to listen to this. He said, keep my words in your mouth. How often, Joshua? Read it for yourself. How often? Day and night. Keep saying the word of God, Joshua, and I will make your way prosperous, and you will have some kind of success. What does it say? Good success. How many people would rather have good success? I don't want just a meal. I want a... And so when you walk in this level of faith, and you start standing on one hill mountain looking at another mountain and you realize you can build a bridge pastor kenny and what pastor mike was talking about today in, in, in the holy spirit you start to build that bridge you may face some temptations but you're going to overcome the temptation i would like to cover that just for a moment how many people have experienced temptation here before raise your hand those that just that, that didn't raise your hand and are lying, would you raise your hand? Because everybody in here has been tempted. I want to remind you how Jesus dealt with temptation for a moment. And he goes along with, with what we're saying. In Matthew, the fourth chapter, I'm not going to read all this, but when Jesus was confronted by Satan himself, the tempter, the great tempter, he comes to him, but Jesus fails to debate with him. The problem we have today is we want to debate. If you're debating it, obviously you don't believe what you're trying to debate. Because if I believe it, I'm not going to debate it. It's just done. It's just done. 
Jesus does not debate with Satan. He does not discuss with Satan. But what does he do? He says he only speaks the word of God. I want you to notice this. He said it is written and he takes a portion of God's word that contains faith. That addresses the situation that Satan has put before him. And he says, and he says it is written and he speaks what God speaks. The only thing that moves Satan or moves the tempter is what God says. We need to learn this. We, he did not command Satan to leave. We're always into this commanding him to leave and commanding him to leave. You don't really have to command. All you just say, it is written. I will be well. I will be whole. You will not speak to me because God is in me. The word of God is, is living in me. I am of the word. So you can't deal with me. You don't have to command him. He knows the word and he knows he can't defeat it. So he doesn't command Satan to leave. Jesus simply spoke the word of God. He said it is written. He simply told Satan this is what daddy said. This is what the father said. You want success? Start speaking to temptation. This is what my daddy said. I'm talking about God. This is what he said. God's word needs to get so inside of you. And to such a way to where the, the faith that you need starts to grow. How many of you have ever planted a garden? Raise your hand. How many of you that uh, have failed in your gardening? Raise your hand. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Because you have to be very attentive to your garden. You can't plant a garden and go on a two-week vacation. Ask Brother Grove. You can't do it. It's not possible. You've got to work the garden. Or you've got to pay your neighbor to come over and work it for you. Then it gets worse, right. So what are you trying to say? If you're going to work the faith, you've got to work it. Bishop can't work it for you. Courtney can't work it for you. Scott can't work it for you. Dr. Collier can't work it for you. You've got to work it for yourself. You have to get into the Word, and the Word has to get into you. You have to be of that Word so much till you say, when you speak a thing, it happens. Are y'all catching this now? See, my, let me go back to my greatest desire in life is to see you be able to move into the realm of the impossible. Amen. That would excite me to know that you've done it. Where you call me up or write me a note or put it on Facebook, how you accomplished certain things that you didn't think were possible, but you did it. How do we do that? Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed... Of the gospel of Jesus Christ or of Christ. Can anybody tell me what the gospel of Christ is about? Good news. You've heard me say it before. I don't know how in the world we've taken good news and turned it into bad news. I never am popular with, with other bishops because I, I speak my mind. And the problem is most people, they, they, they're, they're so captured with the thought that Jesus is coming back any moment, they forget they've got a work ahead of them. I'd be like Dr. Carrier, my doctor saying, I'm, I know Jesus is coming back soon, so I'm going to quit the medical practice and just sit at home and wait. He's going to grow old waiting, and he's going to miss how many people he could have helped. Does that make sense to you? I believe the gospel is good news. 
It's that good news, Ronnie, that builds faith within me. It's the good news within me that says, I shall live and not die. It's the good news that says, he has forgiven me. How did he forgive me? The day he died on that cross, I was forgiven. He made a way where there seemed to be no way. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, here is the part you need to hear. For it is the power of God. The gospel of Christ is the power of God. So the more you get that into you, you're walking and living in the power of God, Jennifer. The power of God. See, mankind will try to strip you of that power. It'll try to strip you of your joy. It'll try to take away the essence of life. It'll try to take away your, your desires, the things that you want to accomplish. Mankind will strip it from you, but you can't allow that. Because if you allow them to strip you of your desires, your hope, your joy, they become God to you. Have you ever thought about that? If they can control your happiness, they're the, they become your God. Any man or any woman that allows another gender to hurt them and to bring them low and unhappy, you have just made that person a God. And the Bible says very clearly, Collis, I will have no, you will have no other gods before me. You may not believe what I'm saying, but how many of you have been hurt by somebody and you went that route? You let it drive you crazy. Now that I won't allow. Because my joy will not be tampered with because it's part of the Holy Spirit. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. The power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and to also the Greek. It is that power of salvation which encompasses quite a few things if you've listened to me teach it. It it talks about prosperity. It talks about healing. That's what salvation is all about. And in Hebrews 11.1, he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. What does that mean? That faith is concrete. Faith is the essence, the absolute confidence. Absolute confidence. Now faith is the absolute confidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I may not see it, but I know it's there. I may not see that I've got a, a beautiful piece of cake in my refrigerator, but I know it's there. Why? Because I know somebody put it in there. You see, I don't gain weight as long as I don't put it in there. If somebody else does it, it doesn't affect me. But it's the concrete essence or absolute confidence. Of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You have not seen it, but you know it's there. In 3 John 1, 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. How does that happen? Through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether you believe it or not, some of the happiest people I know are not the richest people I know, but they're, the, they're rich in the word of God and in faith. So if you're not walking in the promises of God, then I believe you're not walking in God's will. Because it is His will. If you read that verse we just read in 3 John, it's above all things He wished that you prosper. He's trying to bring you into His promises. But if we're not walking in it, that means we're not walking in His will, in God's will, because it is His will that you are blessed. 
It is his will that you walk in health. It is his will that you walk in peace, Randy. It is his will that you walk in prosperity and overcoming power. That is his will. Let me ask you this. Is it wrong for us to believe for things that he has promised us? I've heard people say it's wrong. No, it's not wrong to believe for things that he has promised us. You can have what you stand in faith for. Let me say that again. You can have what you stand in faith for. Because my God, everybody say my God. He can make a way where there seems to be no way. How can he do that? By faith and through faith. He will put you from one mountain to the next. Because he will build a bridge according to his word. He will build, help you build that bridge where you can go unharmed from one mountain to the next. The enemy may stand down there and laugh at you and tell you you can't do it, but you just keep on walking on that bridge. Keep doing what God has told you to do. It is by faith that we can enter into the God's grace. It's by faith we enter into His grace. Faith is the key. Say that back to me. How do you know that? Paul says in Romans 5, 2, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. It's his enabling power. You want to know what grace is? Enabling power. He gives you the power. He told Paul that when he said, when Paul asked him to remove the, the thorn in his flesh, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. What was he saying? He's saying, you got the power from me living in you to overcome it. By whom we also have access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. When we are born again and we enter into the goodness of Christ by faith, that's when we, we enter into it when we're born again or we ask Jesus to come into our life. If this is true, you may be questioning Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, Bishop, if this is true, then we're all, where are all these things that I need? Where are all these things? Why don't I have them? Have you ever heard somebody say that to you before? This is a great, great question. In Hebrews 11 verse 3 in the King James Version, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed. How were they framed, Sister Floyd? By the word of God. His hands didn't even get dirty. God just spoke the word. So that things which are seen... We're not made of things which do appear. In other words, you don't, you don't see, well, that's what, how it happened. So we understand that the worlds were made by the word of God. This is the way God created the world, by words, words that he spoke. He brought all things into manifestation by his word. And this is important today as we start to close this message. There was nothing that God created without words. Nothing. And God upholds everything by the power of his word. If he created it, up, he upholds it by the word of his power. That's what the Bible says. Hebrews 1, chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Hath he in these last days spoken to us by his son? I want you to notice Paul saying in these last days. That was 2,000 years ago. Because that was the last days before the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. And that's what he's referencing here. He wasn't talking about Jesus coming back. Hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, 
whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, Jesus, and the express image of his person, Jesus, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus did all that. And Jesus was there with him in the beginning. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That was Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God. So what is my key? Why am I here today? To see that you make it into a realm or a place where you can reach the impossible. Someone said, I wished I had gone to school. Then what's holding you back now? Well, I'm older now. Really? I know people that went to school at 80 years of age. Well, I, you know, I don't feel like it. Like a, Well, you just said you wish you'd gone to school. Nothing's keeping you back from going to school. Well, I wished I was an entrepreneur. Well, you know how an entrepreneur becomes an entrepreneur? Help me, Doc. Create a product or a service that somebody wants to buy. Come on! You create a product or a service that somebody wants. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you've got to start doing it. If you want to be great in God, you've got to stand up and make a, make a statement. How I many I've had people say to me, why are you different? I don't understand why you're different. What are you? Well, my wife will say he's Armenian. That's not what they're referencing. They want to know what I am. Because I am the ultimate optimist. Sometimes. <laughs> Ronnie, sometimes. Sometimes I get a little low. But for the most part, Courtney, I'm the ultimate optimist because my wife told me I was. That's the only way to be in God is be an ultimate optimist. You say, well, what was Jesus? Ultimate optimist. He knew where he was going, knew where he was headed, knew how he was going to die. And he said, you don't take my life from me. He said, I lay it down. I've planned all this for you. Oh, God. Do you understand what God's doing? I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to believe God for, for our answer.